Hey, welcome back to Let's Unfuck This Shit. This is Gabriella bringing you guys episode three, all about attachment styles. If you guys thought childhood trauma only affects our brain development and who we are and what we become, oh wait, we have more. Our childhood and the relationships that we formed with our parents also form the relationships that we will have with everybody else in our lives. This is known as our attachment style. Attachment is defined as an emotional bond with another person. So when it comes to attachment styles, it's important to remember that there's no right or wrong when it comes to how you experience your relationships, and there's nothing wrong with having different emotional experiences with different people in your life as well. Attachment style isn't like a one-size-fits-all type deal. Um, As I alluded to earlier, it does form in childhood, and it really does begin with those first formative bonds that we have with our parents and or other caregivers. If you don't already know your attachment style, I recommend pausing this episode right now, going to attachmentproject.com and taking their five-minute quiz to be able to really get as much as you can out of this episode. Their quiz was specifically developed and validated by scientists. It's a questionnaire called this ECR-RS, which stands for Experiences in Close Relationships, Relationship Structures. In today's episode, we're going to cover each attachment style, how do we develop them, how we manage them, how they show up in our adult relationships. I'll talk about my own attachment style. And we'll also talk about how having a wounded inner child impacts our relationship and what the mother-father wound looks like as well. So just to loop in last week's episode, we talked about reconnecting with our inner child. And I just wanted to cover how a wounded inner child can impact our relationships as adults. So when you meet someone new, you project a fantasy of who they are and create a future with them in your mind immediately. You identify as an empath and find yourself always focused on people who are in need of being fixed or rescued. You find relationships that are stable to be boring and believe that passion means lots of conflict. You struggle to actually know what your needs are and expect your friends or partners to just know what you want. You find yourself in relationships that have lots of emotional drama, push-pull dynamics, unpredictability, abandonment. Basically what I'm saying is our relationships are a mirror of the love we were shown as children. Attachment theory suggests that our early relationships with our caregivers in childhood set the stage for how we build relationships in the future in adulthood. Behavior from our caregivers are our first social interactions. Therefore, it becomes informative in how relationships work. So hopefully you have your quiz results handy because next we're going to talk about the four attachment styles. So attachment styles can be broken down into secure or insecure. There are three types of insecure attachment style, and secure attachment style is just in a category of its own. I was honestly kind of surprised when I found out what percentage of adults identify with each attachment style. I was not expecting 50% of adults to have a secure attachment style. I honestly thought the number would be way lower than that. But one of the characteristics of my disorganized, fearful, avoidant attachment style is a negative view of relationships, so that doesn't surprise me. The three insecure attachment styles can be broken down into anxious attachment or preoccupied, and 20% of adults identify with this attachment style, avoidant or dismissive, and 25% of adults identify with this one, and as I said earlier, mine is the disorganized or fearful avoidant attachment style, and that is the least common at 5%. So first I'm going to go into a bit of my own attachment style and how I saw it show up in my life, and then we're going to talk about all of the other ones and all of the other good stuff I mentioned earlier. It's probably best that disorganized slash fearful avoidant attachment style is the least common because most attachment specialists believe this to be the most difficult to treat because it incorporates anxious and avoidant styles. I'm sure it wouldn't surprise most of you to know, especially those of you who listened to my first episode, developing a disorganized or a fearful avoidant attachment style is believed to be a consequence of childhood abuse or trauma. 
Perceived fear is the central aspect of its development. And damn, when I think back on some shit in my life, I was a scared kid. I remember one time my parents got into a fight when they were still together. So this is between the ages of one and four. And somehow I remember this, but my parents were yelling at each other. And I'm pretty sure it was my dad who threw the keys at the oven and shattered the front of the oven, glass everywhere. The cops were called. I was hiding behind the couch in the living room. And I remember the cops coming in the front door. I could see like the front door from behind the couch and I could see the cops coming into the house. And one of them like crouched down next to me to talk to me. And I will never, ever forget that night. That was one of many scary experiences as a kid, but the scary stuff didn't stop after I grew into adulthood. Uh, I remember when I was 17, my dad found out I had sex for the first time and I had to get in the middle of an almost physical altercation between him and one of my stepbrothers at the time. My dad was standing at the grill and overheard a conversation between a family friend, my brother and I. And just to really set the scene, it was Father's Day and his birthday. Again, the cops were called, really. That's a common theme in my life is the cops being called on us. But the entire family was there. So it was a nice public display of um, emotions, we'll say. And it ended with, of course, screaming and crying, and my dad jumping on his motorcycle without a helmet and speeding off to God knows where. Unpredictability is a general key factor in the development of disorganized attachment style. Unpredictability showed up more on a daily basis in my relationship with my mom. Her mood generally was unpredictable. Um, I never knew how I was going to catch her, and she would act differently in the house with me than she would with other people. And that always really, really confused me. She and I would get into a fight and she wouldn't be speaking to me, but we would go to the grocery store and she would be like smiling and making conversation with strangers and acting like nothing was wrong. So that always like threw me for a loop. Another common theme with the disorganized attachment style is always like waiting for the other shoe to drop, always thinking that something wrong is going to happen. And I've always catastrophized everything, basically meaning I make little things huge in relationships with friends, in romantic relationships. My therapist calls it big feelings, but I've been called sensitive many times in my life. This has also caused me to end almost every friendship as soon as I perceive a shift in the support or the friendship itself. I've also always had a super negative view of myself. I mean, hello, I developed an eating disorder. I used to self-harm. I had depression, and this was all out of like a deep-rooted self-hatred. I was also addicted to drama, chaos, excitement. I stayed in a relationship, in a trauma bond with someone, really, all throughout college. And it was literally the biggest, most emotional roller coaster I could imagine. I have, as I said in the first episode, I must have been dead, asleep, stupid, I don't even know, to put up with all the shit that I did over those four years. But it clearly was feeding some type of unhealthy need for chaos from childhood. So next I'm going to talk about each of the four attachment styles and some characteristics of all four of them. I'm going to start first with the avoidant attachment style. Somebody with an avoidant attachment style might ghost or withdraw in relationships when they become close. They deeply desire connection, though don't know how to actually connect with people. They end relationships abruptly if their needs aren't met. They have unrealistic expectations of partners as if they should be able to read their mind and meet all of their needs. Narcissists typically develop this type of attachment. 
They can be highly critical and they typically lack empathy and struggle to understand the needs of others. Ways in which an avoidant attachment style would show up in adult relationships could look like social interactions and bonds remaining on the surface level. You may feel like you've hit a wall with a person with an avoidant attachment style. They'll let you be around them, but not let you in. They typically avoid strong displays of closeness and intimacy. And as soon as you start to get close, they typically close themselves off. Avoidant adults will look for any reason to end a relationship. They do not believe they need emotional intimacy in their lives. It's as if the switch for the need for emotional connection is turned off after going to their caregivers for emotional support over and over again, and it was not provided or felt by the child. That felt by the child is a key piece here because I hear from a lot of people over and over again, like, oh my God, I love my children. They're great. I love them. I love them. But if your children do not feel it, then it doesn't make a difference. Next week, we're going to talk about love languages, but just keep that in mind. Just because you are loving somebody or you think that you're loving somebody, they may not be perceiving it in the way that you are giving it to them. Next, we'll go with the second common insecure attachment style of anxious attachment. These people typically have a chronic fear of abandonment in relationships. They are hypervigilant to people's emotional states. They may pick fights in order to feel close. They may struggle to set boundaries and honor the boundaries of others. There's a conflict of disconnection that feels overwhelming and terrifying, where the anxiously attached adult desperately wants connection, but is so terrified of being rejected that it creates an inner conflict. This person also tends to neglect themselves in relationships, and they're highly emotionally reactive when triggered. An anxiously attached adult may feel like they're on an emotional roller coaster all the time. This will probably cause anxiety, stress, unhappiness, and general low life satisfaction. Anxiously attached adults may view relationships as both life saving and life threatening. These people are typically insecure with low self esteem. On one hand, the fear of being alone or being rejected is the poison, a disturbing feeling which leads to constant doubt and worry. And on the other hand, the presence of the loved one, and most importantly, their affection is the remedy. They might be insecure about where they stand in a relationship and whether their partner slash friend loves them as much as they do in return. The slightest disappointment or sign of rejection could be harmful as they already have a low self-esteem. And last, and luckily least, we have the disorganized attachment. People with a disorganized attachment style typically have a push-pull dynamic in relationships, going from I don't need you to I can't live without you, and romantic relationships tend to be highly triggering or highly overwhelming. People with disorganized attachment typically have a cynical view around relationships or just typically carry resentment, and they unconsciously create chaos or reenact childhood experiences even with a secure partner. They are addicted to excitement or drama in relationships and do not trust others or themselves. In their adult relationships, a person with a disorganized attachment style may lack a coherent approach towards relationships. On one hand, they want to love and be loved, but on the other hand, they're afraid to let anyone in. They have that strong fear that those who are closest to them will hurt them or abandon them entirely. They experience a fear of intimacy and avoid proximity similar to avoidant attachment, but the main difference is disorganized attached adults want relationships. Adults with a disorganized attachment style don't reject emotional intimacy, but are truly afraid of it. More often than not, they continue to view emotional intimacy as unpredictable, and they have trouble believing their partner will love and support them as they are. This mindset can turn into self-sabotage, causing the disorganized attached adult to end a relationship prematurely. We can also see a disorganized attached adult getting themselves into like some self-fulfilling prophecies 
on one hand, we have the adult expecting to be rejected by their partner, even when there are no signs. They will start to behaving in a way that leads to fulfilling the expectation that the relationship will ultimately end. On the other hand, we can see a self-fulfilling prophecy when the individual with disorganized attachment chooses partners that induce fear, thus confirming their perception that they can't trust other people emotionally or physically, no matter what. I think I'm going to talk about secure attachment altogether on its own towards the end. So now I'm going to go into how we develop each of these three types of attachment styles, and I'll go back through the order starting with number one at the avoidant. So as we unfortunately know, these attachment styles are developed in childhood. And so as kids, if we had parents who shut us down regularly with the silent treatment or dissociation, parents who tended to be lone wolves or withdrawn when they had stress or difficult emotions, if your parent was icy or appeared detached or unconcerned with your childhood experience, the parent shames the child or doesn't accept parts of who they are, or they are perfectionistic or authoritarian in their style of parenting, you most likely developed an avoidant attachment style. If you identify with an anxious attachment style, your parent may not have been available emotionally, they may have been inconsistent or unpredictable, the parent doesn't really have boundaries and or violates the child's boundaries. The parent struggles to regulate their emotional state, shuts down, explodes, whatever that may look like. If your parents didn't respond to your emotions or help you understand or process your feelings, or if your parent has unstable, unpredictable relationships with others, this could also lead to developing an anxious attachment style. Adults with a disorganized attachment style may have witnessed violence, abuse, or neglect from their parents substance abuse, poverty, or situations that consistently created a lack of safety for the child, parents who unconsciously shamed or engages in harsh punishments, Dr. Jekyll kind of personalities where the parent is one way in the home and completely different outside of the home, the child feels uncomfortable or afraid to share what they think or feel with their parents. Most importantly, the caregiver becomes a source of fear, creating a great inner conflict. This is the greatest deciding factor in a development of disorganized attachment. Alrighty, are you guys still with me? So far we know about the attachment styles, how they show up in our relationships, where they come from. So you're probably thinking to yourselves, well, shit, what the fuck do I do with this now that I'm an adult? And this is just how I attach to people. Well, thank you for asking. I'd love to tell you. So if you're one of the 25% of the population that identifies with having an avoidant attachment style, the key for you is to switch on your need for emotional intimacy. This will be challenging and it will require a lot of effort, but it will be worth it. You have to ask yourself, what do I feel? Start paying attention to the emotional and physical sensations that you have around emotional intimacy. Self-reflection will help you make sense of and analyze the existing patterns that you see in your relationships right now. Ask yourself, what do I need? It's essential that you explore and understand and eventually express those emotional needs to those around you. Last but not least, the avoidantly attached adult should ask themselves, what should I do? This adult might be able to start working on building closer relationships with people. You may try a step-by-step -step approach to letting people close to you and responding to the emotional closeness of others a little bit at a time. If you are of the 20% of adults who identify with having an anxious attachment style, it would be best for you to develop a better understanding and awareness of your insecurities and work towards healing within yourself. Build a strong self-image and self-worth. The more solid your foundation is within yourself, the less you'll be looking for that approval from other people. 
Get good at having hard conversations with important people in your life, as this will greatly reduce your level of anxiety and fear of abandonment, making it easier to feel genuinely connected and worry a lot less. Always remember that you yourself are whole on your own and you do not need anybody to complete you. Alrighty, where are my people, the disorganized, detached folks? The key issue for us is we fear that someone that we trust is going to hurt us. And the easiest solution that we see, trust no one. But that's not productive or fruitful for anybody. Trust me, I can tell you from experience. Avoiding proximity will not heal the trauma or the painful childhood experiences. You need to learn how to trust people first in order to build secure relationships. Start off easy and don't push yourself. This will be difficult for a disorganized attached adult. I have been working on this in therapy for four years, and I'm just now at the point where I can recognize these patterns in myself and other people. And now I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? I have actually really found success in building a relationship with my therapist. This is someone that you can fully trust who will offer non-judgmental support, acceptance, calm, and a predictable space for you to practice opening up. Having a secure attachment with a professional like this actually helps us to mirror these relationships with other people in our lives, kind of like a role play, if you will, where I, and I do this a lot of my therapy sessions, actually, I'll go in to talk to Thea and say, okay, this is what's happening this week. I don't really know how to work through this. Can you, can you help me figure this out? I definitely understand that therapy is not super accessible to everybody. So you could totally try healing on your own. This won't push your limits quite as much and does not require trusting a stranger right away, as I know that that's a scary component too. So far, we've only covered the three insecure attachment styles, and I'm getting to the secure. Don't worry. I just figured I would group that one all the way at the end and end on a happy note. Before we get into secure attachment, I wanted to discuss which insecure attachment styles attract which, because Of course, it would be a perfect world if the avoidantly attached adults would gravitate towards securely attached adults, vice versa, but unfortunately, that's not the case. What I found is that anxious and avoidant attachment styles actually attract each other. The more the avoidant partner feels smothered and pulls away, the more the anxious partner feels anxiety and fears abandonment. Because anxiously attached people crave more connection, closeness, They feel triggered by the avoidant person pulling away. Meanwhile, the avoidant person feels triggered by the anxious person's desire for closeness because they themselves value their independence and freedom and fear being consumed. People on both sides of this, i.e. me, the disorganized, fearful, avoidant style, describe that being the anxious role feels like an intense agony punctuated by moments of bliss, whereas being in the avoidant role feels sort of blah. Because the disorganized attachment style is a combination of both anxious and avoidant styles, we attract abusive or unavailable partners because that was the parental behavior that we were used to growing up. Romantic relationships tend to be dramatic with lots of fighting. Looking back on my most recent relationship, I definitely think that he was an avoidant attachment style. So when I would pull closer, he would pull away. And so there wasn't much of like the fighting because with an avoidant person, They don't believe that they need the emotional intimacy, so they're not fighting for the relationship. But for me, it was like my lifeline. So I was just like silently dying. The part where we talked about feeling the intense agony punctuated by moments of bliss, I totally relate to that. And knowing what I know now about attachment theory, it all makes a lot of sense to me. As we know, early childhood experiences shape our idea of what love feels like. 
Those who grow up with relationships full of emotional and physical abuse often subconsciously seek out abusive relationships as adults, not because they enjoy being abused, but because our brains interpret these dynamics as love, which is really scary if you think about it. Any pattern in parental behavior is encoded subconsciously as relationship normalcy. So if your parents never argued or had hard conversations, there's a good chance you don't really know how to do that as an adult. If your parents turned away from you or gave you the silent treatment, you may do that to others now because it's what you know to be normal. Our brains are more comfortable with what is familiar, not necessarily with what is pleasant. We are pattern matching creatures. So when there's an innate anxious tendency to focus on others and the avoidant tendency to focus on self, that's a match made in heaven. But not really though. That's just what people gravitate towards. You know what I'm saying. Whew, okay, we made it. All the way to secure attachment. 50% of adults experience secure attachment. And we can, as insecurely attached adults, repair our attachment styles to grow closer to a secure attachment. And I'm going to tell you how. Alrighty, so first, secure attachment is defined by being able to regulate emotions. You're comfortable talking about feelings and having difficult conversations. You're dependable, supportive, and trustworthy. Your nervous system is flexible. You face conflict directly and confidently. You trust those around you. Your words and actions match. And you're able to grow, be playful, curious, and open in relationships. Doesn't that sound nice? We develop secure attachment, again, in childhood. If our parent is open, predictable, and has consistent responses, our parents have clear boundaries and they honor and respect their children's boundaries. Children feel safe and comfortable expressing themselves and their feelings. There's clear communication and working through conflict. Parent is emotionally resilient. And in conflict, the parent stays connected to the child and does not shame them. All of you lucky adults out there who are securely attached... In your adult relationships, you're most likely able to regulate emotions and feelings. You have a strong goal-oriented personality when you're on your own. You're great at bonding, opening up, and trusting others. Do not confuse this with trauma bonding and like emotionally dumping on people. You have a plan for your life, knowing what you're about and what purpose you want to fulfill. You can communicate your needs effectively. You feel like you have an impact on the world around you. You're comfortable with closeness and mutual dependency. You actively seek emotional support from your partner and also give emotional support to them. This includes friendships too. Comfortable being alone and using that time to explore and you have a strong capacity to reflect on how you are being in the relationship. So in childhood, there are five conditions parents can meet to develop a secure attachment with their children to then have their children be able to develop secure attachments with other people as their lives go on. Number one, they felt safety. As a parent, first and foremost, you want your child to feel protected. If your child feels protected, it feels safe. And safety means closeness. There seems to be more of an emphasis on feeling safe with your maternal caregiver here, but this applies to your paternal caregiver as well. Number two would be feeling seen, known, and attunement. Attuned parents can respond to their baby's cues accurately and respond to his or her needs in a timely manner. Attuned responses give infants information about the effects of their behavior. Children learn that when they signal a need, they can expect a prompt, predictable, and accurate response. The result is a feeling of control over their lives starting early on. I signal that I'm hungry and I get fed. I signal that I'm tired, my mother rocks me to sleep. These signals are very important, and if they're repeatedly ignored or unable to be met, it leads to bad things, as we know. Number three, the child feels comfort 
and soothing reassurance. The attuned parent's arms are open and inviting when the child is distressed. The caregiver reassures and soothes the child back to a calm emotional state. Helping the child manage his or her distress and frustrations will help them develop an internal model of being soothed and comforted. Over time, the child will develop the ability to manage his or her distress and self-soothing. So, as I mentioned before, if your parents are not helping you emotionally regulate, we have no awareness of how to emotionally regulate on our own, so we have to learn this from somebody. So if we don't get it from our parents, there's a good chance we're not getting it. The fourth condition that must be present to foster a secure attachment is feeling valued and expressed delight from your parents. Feeling valued develops in infancy, and it's the foundation of healthy self-esteem development. Parents who raise their children with healthy self-esteem and repeated expression of their joy about who the child is rather than what the child does. They focus on being rather than doing. Such parents exhibit expressed delight to the child about almost everything the child does. They focus not on the chores, but the joys of parenthood. And last but not least, the fifth condition for developing a healthy, safe, secure attachment would be feeling supported for your best self. Children need to feel supported and encouraged to explore their world joyfully and safely. Parents who champion this have a deep faith in their child and always provide him or her with a safety net. Deeply involved in their child's life, parents give the child space and trust him or her towards autonomy and independence. This sense of security allows the child to explore, discover, succeed, and fail. And through such exploration, the child develops an autonomous, strong, and unique sense of self, which is an integral part of who we are as human beings. Alrighty, so you want to know how to develop secure attachment as an adult? I'm going to tell you that too. Of course, therapy is always my recommendation, but as I mentioned earlier, I know that that's not a super accessible option, so I do have some tips. And number one, keep developing the things you are already good at and the things you love, so you spend more time in flow or in immersion in your loved pursuits, living passionately as often as you can. Take some measured risks, now nothing dangerous, but try things that push yourself out of that dreaded comfort zone. Take care of yourself physically with a well-balanced diet, good sleep, self-care as often as you can. This impacts emotional stability more than you realize. When we're fueled with good stuff in our brains and in our bodies, of course we're going to feel better. Build self-esteem and most importantly, self-compassion. Clean up the way you talk to yourself. Speak to yourself the way you would your favorite pet or a loved one. If it's not something you'd say to a child, then don't say it to yourself. Gather insight about what has shaped you into who you are. It's not about making excuses, but gaining an understanding of yourself so you don't continue in the same relationship patterns forever will truly make a difference. If you want to learn more about attachment styles, the Attachment Project is a great place and resource. They have an awesome Instagram page. They post a lot of really cool infographics about each attachment style. Because believe it or not, our attachment style doesn't only shape the way that we attach to other people. Insecure attachment styles can contribute to eating disorders, you can use your insecure attachment to manage your ADHD. Your attachment style even shows up in the workplace. It affects you in the bedroom. It certainly affects our parenting style and even our finances. So head to theattachmentproject.com, take that quiz if you haven't already, and always reach out if you guys ever need anything. I'm GabbyGirl1103 on Instagram and TikTok. This week's poem was brought to you by some inspiration from a picture that another patient drew in treatment this week. I'm calling it Thank You Moon. I used to rely on only a candle for light, carrying it with me for survival, only seeing what I wanted. Then I learned how to build a fire, still ignorantly blissful about what lies beyond the glow. 
Now I look to the moon, illuminating all of my circumstances from above, shedding light on the darkness I've been hiding from. Okay, that's a rippity wrap on episode number three, all about attachment styles. Join me next week on Let's Unfuck This Shit to talk about love languages. Y'all have a great week. Bye.